And welcome into the Producers Podcast. My name's Kevin Kistner. That is KJ Granderson sitting right in front of me. You. <laughs> you got the you still got the the yaz for the the drive right there i know <laughs> if, you, if you listen to the show you know exactly where that comes from <laughs> the, yeah 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 uh so kj big big day today oh big big day today nfl football is officially back yes it is officially back we waited way too long for this man i mean i Honestly, and we're not even just talking Broncos. We're talking NFL, period. This is probably one of the more anticipated seasons we've had in quite some time. And not only am I looking forward to tonight's game, but I'm looking forward to every game to come this season because I think there are just – there are very few gimme games this year for every team across the league. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I mean, gosh, man, this is – this year is going to be one of the more competitive years where we're going to see upsets – I'll put quotations quote around upsets. upset, um, you know, that we haven't seen in some time. I, I really believe that. Well, even the Lions. <sighs> the Man. Lions were tackling in training camp. <laughs> <laughs> so they're ready to go. They're Super Bowl contenders, apparently. Uh, Gotta believe in me, guys. <laughs> just need you to believe. How do you? How can you not like Dan Campbell? Do, do, I, the dude's <sighs> authentic as it comes. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the type of coach I would love to play for. And a lot of people say, well, they know that those antics will wear off over time. I don't care. If I can go into his office and get some of that for like five minutes when I'm having a bad day, do you not understand that I would freaking run through a wall after listening to this man talk? <laughs> like, this man is amazing with the way that he presents it, man. It's just it's, it's awesome. And that's that's probably one of the things that I've come to love about Hard Knocks this year is they've kind of let just Dan Campbell just be himself, man. You know, Hard Knocks, you know how, many, how bad I've wanted the Broncos to get Hard Knocks? Especially me and D-Mac. Yeah. Because we want to, we just want to see ourselves in the background. <laughs> we, we <laughs> Plus the coverage of the team, but we... We really want to just see ourselves in the background doing something. You I know? feel you, I'm man. sure you'd see me back there counting Brandon McManus kicks. You know, he, he uh, I saw he talked to the media, and Cecil's like, I'm going to ask him a question about you. I'm like, do it. Didn't do it, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. But Broncos season is pretty much here. We Obviously, we have to wait till Monday, but the Bills take on the L.A. Rams tonight. You can hear that game right here on 104.3 The Fan. What what are you expecting from the Broncos this year? It's been a long off season. I'll start with that. It's been right. a long off season. It feels like it's been five years since they played a game, but a lot of has gone. A lot has gone on in this off season, KJ, and it's been the firing of Vic Fangio, and yes. and quite frankly, it's you never cheer for somebody to lose a job, right? Right. So I right. want to get that out there. But I was talking to John Davis. He filled in for Cecil last Friday. And we were talking about like the week 18, you know, there's eight, 18 weeks now, which is, yeah. I still can't get over it. It doesn't I'm, sound right. It still sounds trippy. The final game against the, uh, for the Broncos last year. And you're kind of sitting there thinking, because if you, if you remember correctly, there was some talk like the Broncos don't know what they're going to do with Vic Fangio. They might bring him back. Yeah. For a period of time there, they were in that tricky and, spot. And, and I was talking to John and we're like, we might have actually been hoping the Broncos would lose that game to close out the year because we did. It's not we wanted Vic Fangio fired. We needed change. And the Broncos finally did that in the offseason. They moved on from an awful head coach. 
yeah. a, a good defensive mind, but an awful head coach. I would definitely agree. And you went out there, and again, this is now this is George Payton's first real season making moves. You know, last year he was getting everything under, you know, getting everything you getting used to everything and yeah. getting everything situated. And I'm like, okay, now I got my surroundings, kind of like John Elway did in 2011. But he went out and hired a new head coach, and Nathaniel Hackett, who a lot of people had on the radars in the NFL. It's not, it wasn't just the Broncos. He had been floating around for about a year now. You went out and you finally got a new quarterback. That's a possibly a future hall of famer. And then you got new ownership and this is a new look Broncos team. And I know you guys talked about it on previous podcasts, but I want to get your thoughts of what you're expecting from the Broncos this season. Well, Kevin, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, kind of like you reiterated to there, there's been a lot of change, a lot of changes, should I say, this offseason for the Broncos. I mean, new coach, new owner, new quarterback, all of the above. I mean, it's just new president. They've, they've, they've changed literally, literally up and down the board. And one thing I will say about the Broncos that we haven't seen in the last few seasons is a sense of urgency. Yes. And – that's going to be my number one expectation. They've gotten away with the last few seasons being kind of the down years, trying to figure out what they, where they wanted to go and what they wanted to do with this team. They're trying to find their quarterback. They're trying to find the right coach. They're trying to find the right chemistry. Do we have the right players? Do we have the right people in place upstairs? You're trying to figure out all of this while also juggling the fact that, you know, the Pat Bowling ownership stake was, was a little – Murky, to say the least, right. and, and we knew that the transition was coming at some point. So you had all of that looming over the franchise. And a sense of urgency, I think, kind of went down season by season. And it was something that the team honestly didn't feel until it was too late. So if you're the Denver Broncos, the sense of urgency this season should be your number one expectation, not getting to the playoffs, not having the best record, not trying to, you know, be a Super Bowl contender. All of those things will come in due time. You need to first establish a culture that allows you to have a sense of urgency that's going to take this team to the places that it wants to go because without the right people in place in regards to having that sense of urgency, you can you can forget about creating the culture that you want to create. And I, I know a lot of people say, well, how can they create that when Coach Hackett is not trying to really go all in that's a different topic for another day. But what I will say is the sense of urgency first starts with the product on the field. Okay, let me ask you this. You said the culture, and you've repeated it a couple times. So I want to dive into that. Okay. The culture. Do you think the Broncos have the right people in place for the the correct culture? Ups, Me, meaning, up. meaning, did George Payton hire the right culture head coach? the right culture quarterback? Uh, you know, let me say it like this. I think upstairs they got it down packed. I mean, what's going on up there, I, I'm not worried about that culture. They, I think within the next five to ten years we'll see the Broncos probably become one of the number one businesses in not just sports but probably in oh, all yeah, of America. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. They're about to take off. But beyond that, if we're talking about, like you said, with the coaches and the quarterback, I, I, I think – they have the right quarterback. I think they needed someone who was going to show them that this is serious. Um, 
there is a certain way you need to practice, a certain way you need to think, and a certain way you need to operate. And I think there's no one greater than Russell Wilson to execute that. As far as uh, Coach Hackett is concerned, I think over time he will be able to create that culture that 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 has the sense of urgency. But I, I'm I'm not sold that it will be right away. Okay. And the reason I say that is because there haven't been enough moments um, up to this point where the team has had to really look each other in the face and he's had to kind of really kind of get on them. Um, a lot of it's just kind of like getting the lay of the land, figuring out what it is, figuring out what it's not. And Coach Hackett has to understand that when it comes to establishing that culture, it's not just establishing it when it's good. It's also establishing it when it's bad. How does he do that? That's what I'm uh, interested so what, to see. So what are the realistic expectations for this team this year? Oh, I think realistically. Give, me a, give me a record. A record. All right. Here we record. go. Uh, with the record attached to it, let's go with 10 and 7. Um, I think those are real expectations. That means that this team is focused. I think that this team is ready to rock and roll in regards to the process of what it takes to kind of start churning in the right direction. Um, One thing that I think will hurt them this season is there will be one or two games this season that without Tim Patrick, they're going to feel those effects. Okay. Because there's going to be a moment where they need a guy to just get open. They're going to need a guy that's going to be able to kind of have a moment within a game that's going to be able to take them from here to here. And um, as of right now, I'm, I'm not saying that, that the other receivers aren't that, but I know Tim Patrick was that, and I know he was so significant that there's going to be a game or potentially two this season that is going to cost them because of a player like that, and that's why I ultimately say 10-7. and seven. Okay, okay, 10-7. and seven. You're at the end of the year. You're looking back and saying, "Okay, this team went ten and seven. Is the culture in the right spot, or do you have to see a, a season of like twelve and five, thirteen and four before you say the culture's good?" I think a season like this could show that the culture ten and seven. Yeah, ten and seven. Because complete turnaround. It, it at least shows that this team is trending in the right direction. Now, the reason that's important is because number one, it shows that the team is trying, but it also shows that the team is still growing. And that's important too, because the reality of the situation is George Payton and coach Hackett aren't done tweaking this team. You know, they're going to add and subtract a few players here within the next few years. Uh, You know, it'd be interesting to see how does the Randy Gregory signing work? Uh, Is Bradley Chubb going to have a season? Is he going to be back? Um, how is the fact that, you know, Malik Ree isn't here anymore? What, how's that going to affect them? You know, will they have to go out and get more cornerbacks? Or, you know, will the running game be all that you need it to be? How would the offensive line fit into this new scheme? I mean, it's so many elements. But I think in the grand scheme of things, the culture itself will be established because it shows progress. It shows that you're trying to win. You're trending in the right direction. But being realistic with yourself, did some of those wins and or losses come due to the lack of the culture that you wanted to create? That's interesting to see if that will happen this year as well, because I'd be naive to say that it won't. See, I think now I have the Broncos and I haven't put it. I think, I don't know if I put it out publicly. I've said the Broncos will go 12 and five this year. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know if they win the AFC West. Because I still think the Chiefs are on top of the division. 
and I think it's between the Bills and the Chiefs for the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And we'll we'll make our predictions for the for the Super Bowl and awards and all that here in a few minutes. But I don't know if the Broncos can overtake the Chiefs yet. Mm. And I, I think <laughs> twelve and five, you're like they got to win the division. At and that it's point, a tough, yeah. And it's a tough division. I think the Chiefs are just that good. Okay. Yeah. I, it's you still got Patrick Mahomes over there. I oh, know you absolutely. don't have Tyreek Hill, but you got some guys. Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, you got Sky Moore, you got guys that they they drafted, and I've talked to Cecil about these guys. Now, I think ten and seven is realistic. I think a lot of people are going to that with the safe prediction. Yeah, but when you look at this team, I think they're going to stay healthy. I, I I truly I think this is the year where Chubb Chubb might miss a game or two. Gregory might miss a game or two. I think the stars align correctly for the Broncos this year where Gregory does go out and get 12 sacks. Yeah. I think Chubb can go out and get his 10 to 12 sacks. Okay. You know, I think because there's so much depth, those guys can stay healthy. I think the team stays healthy. I think a lot of the mistakes that we've seen the last few years from the Broncos has been coaching mistakes. Well, I think you have a a smart enough guy who He's not going to be the best head coach this year, but he's going to make the logical mistakes that Vic Fangio, or he's not going to make the same logical mistakes Vic Fangio made. When there were mistakes, me and you were sitting in the studio, like, we can make that call. We can tell you not to challenge that. Stuff like that. You know, do you go for a fourth down? I think the Broncos have the right pieces in place to do that. Now, I want to ask you this. Okay. Have the Broncos... From the firing of Vic Fangio till now, and we, you know, new ownership, uh, new head coach, new quarterback, all that stuff. Have they hit home runs on every single one of those new additions? And we're throwing George Payton in there. You know, I know it's a year off, but let's throw George Payton in there because we knew this offseason was going to be like this. Yeah, did they hit we home did. Runs? We did. We did. Um, I think they did. I think they got people who see things the right way in regards to winning. Um, And I think that's important. George Payton is not going crazy like the Rams in regards to, you know, just dumping the picks and, you know, getting players that are going to produce now. We'll see if that happens. Right. (laughs) So, so far, I kind of, I like where he's trending. Um, The ownership, I mean, they got just buku cash. So, for what it's worth, man, I know the ownership, they are very business savvy. They've hired other business savvy people around them so that way they can continue to stay in the loop. They can stay, uh, you know, on the right path. So the ownership group, I'm not really worried about. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what improvements they make to the team over the next few years, but I don't have any doubts that they that they won't make any improvements. I, I believe wholeheartedly that they will. Coach Hackett, I like him as a person. Um, I like his overall philosophy. I like his scheme. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, will the players be able to truly buy into everything that comes with Coach Hackett? And I know a lot of people say, oh, man, you know, it's a new coach. You know, these, these guys, they're figuring it out. Give them some time. I have no problem giving them time. 
but I will not be naive and see when something's just not clicking in regards to the chemistry. Why that's important to me is because we've seen time and time again where coaches were supposed to be this and supposed right. to be that. And I don't want to be so like, ah, oh, let's just give Coach Hackett time. Let's give him five years to figure it all out. Uh, the Broncos don't have that kind of time. So it's going to be important to see what that looks like. But so far, I think they've hit home runs. All right, you mentioned the word time. Okay, and this is a topic I, I've really wanted to ask a lot of people, and I haven't had the chance to. But now we're on, so we're going to ask it. Let's do it. Cecil Lammy seems like he's the only guy on the station that says the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl this year. They can contend for the championship title this year. Mm. I don't know if I see it that way. Okay, and and I'm like, I get it, Cecil. I get it. Yeah. And I know the Broncos were like that in 2012 with Peyton. A lot of people didn't even think Peyton was going to be able to play. And after starting two and three, people probably were calling for Brock Osweiler already. Yep. Except for me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you just felt that culture change. You felt like the, the, the leader in the clubhouse right there in the locker room with Russell Wilson. I don't know if the Broncos are ready this year to say, hey, we're competing for Phoenix. Mm. We're, we're, we're ready to go to Phoenix. Like, that's, that's obviously the goal. Right. I think right now for the franchise, it's you got to get to the playoffs, possibly win a playoff game. And, and, and P- uh, Peter Schrager of NFL Network and Fox Sports and all that good stuff on Good Morning America on Tuesday comes out and says, I think the Chiefs win the division. I think the Broncos make the playoffs. But the Broncos are going to contend with the Chiefs for that AFC West title. So my question to you now is, do you see the Broncos winning or at least competing for a Super Bowl title this season? No. And the reason I don't see them competing uh, this year, you know what, before I go there, let me start off with, with, with you saying Cecil, you know, appears to be the only guy on the station um, that that is believing in that. I can see why he says that the Broncos are one of, if not the most balanced team in the entire oh, yeah. league. I mean, top to bottom. I mean, there's only like literally one position on the team that people look at and be like, Ugh, and we all know what that position is. But overall, this team is extremely balanced. So I, I, I get that point, that that understanding. I do think that it's very rare. It's so rare that a coach is able to come in on his first year and go right to the Super Bowl. But I also understand well, that it's even rare. Gary that, Kubiak did it. Yeah, but that uh, I'm not now obviously Kubiak was a head coach before, but he did it with his first team. But but the first I, year with the Broncos. I, I would say you're absolutely right. So what I my response to that though, Kev, would be the culture was already set and most of the players were already in place. That's not necessarily the case with this version of the Broncos. This version of the Broncos players are still growing. They're still learning about themselves. And honestly, it's going to be interesting to see where Russell Wilson is in his first year under Coach Hackett. Uh, And so because I'm not for sure what that'll look like, um, realistically, I just don't see a world where the Broncos are able to get to the Super Bowl not this year, I just I so, don't see it. I want to play a little devil's advocate, and I, I this is something that's got brought up for a while. And I, you know, we see all the national headlines, we see, you know, uh, ESPN radio, we see all the guys 
Keyshawn, J. Will, Max. I think we got sent. Richie sent us a soundbite from um, Max and Max Kellerman and is it Kellerman? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, and Jay Williams. You know, go Duke. That they <laughs> they sent us a soundbite from ESPN Radio from on the morning show before Schlereth and Evans, and it said both of the guys were like, "I'm taking the under on the Broncos at nine and a half," and because we got Russell Wilson as a new quarterback and we got Nathaniel Hackett as you know as a new coach, and I'm sitting there, I'm like. The whole quarterback thing drives me nuts, right? Because a lot of people are coming out, even, and it's not just those two guys. It's it's the national media, it's people on the, on the air and stuff. Well, this is Russell Wilson's first time with a new team. Wait, wait a minute, <laughs> what's that have to do with any that on that that theory is done, right? I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing about it, KJ. Because when you look at Peyton Manning. The Broncos should have went to the Super Bowl in 2012 with Peyton that first year. The dude was unstoppable. That yeah. team was unstoppable. Last I checked, I just watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two years ago win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady's first season there. Okay, I just watched Matthew Stafford, who a lot of people still don't consider an elite quarterback, right? win a Super Bowl at the L.A. Rams last year in his first year. So why can't Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl this season, as his first time with the Broncos. They had a top three defense last year. Yeah, but what I will say is what you just named are like off-set scenarios, like things that just don't happen often. The reason I bring that up is because do you know how many things have to go right for you in order for that what, to what happen? Ha- what has to go right, KJ? All right, I, I want you to tell me right that, now. Okay, right on the spot. I got you. <laughs> um, So a few things that have to go right. You have to have – a team that has players that are in position to win now. They've been through enough either losing and or winning and or both um, to be able to know when it's time to kind of strike when the iron's hot. You also have to have a coaching staff that is veteran-led, no one that is like super-duper new, and you also have to have – a GM that is going to be willing to make the moves that during the midseason, if someone comes available, go get them. And you can't be scared to strike when the iron's hot. I'm not saying that George Payton isn't that guy, but as of right now, this is our first time seeing him in this position where if this team is trending Super Bowl midway through the season, will he make a move at the deadline? We don't know. Um, We know he can send guys away. Yeah, that, that we do know, and I mean, yeah, I, and don't get me wrong. I know he brought in Kenny Young last year, and he brought in a couple of other, you know, defensive ends to kind of help sure up uh, some things that were going on with the Broncos last season. And so I get all of that. But in regards to Russell Wilson, to get back to the main topic here, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson and the Broncos can't go to the Super Bowl in their first year. It's just with the players that they have presently constructed, with the coaching staff that they have presently constructed, but and with a, a GM who is in his second year. It's going to be tough to put all of that together. But, KJ, you just said they're solid at every position except for one. Yeah, they are solid at every position. But solid doesn't always turn to gold. You see what I'm saying? Because there are a lot of things that are solid in life. Like, we we have a solid job that if, you know, there are a lot of people that wouldn't mind having our jobs. Like, we have a solid job. We have a solid, you know, stable situation outside of, you know, what we do here. And so my biggest thing is a lot of things that are solid, we would still love for it to be better. And the question for the Broncos would be, 
not just about being satisfied by what you have, but does what you have give you the best chance to ultimately win in a way that you want to win? That's important too, because I think the Broncos have what it takes to win. I'm not for sure if does if the players that are trying to inhabit this new culture is going to, or should I say, will be able to take them to the top because essentially they're going to have to overachieve to get to, to make that happen. If they can do that, then that goes into my case of everything going right. But I don't bank on everything going right. I first bank on how can you overcome what goes wrong because it's only a matter of time. All right, well, we got a few minutes left here. Great topics as we've been hitting on. We could keep going for an hour on this. I want to transition to something that we haven't done yet on the show, but we've we've been talking about the ideas we started the podcast, and it's our uh, the producer's podcast mailbag. So yeah. tweet it out, put it out on social media, listeners. You you chime in, send us some questions, you know, and, and we'll talk about stuff like that. So I got a couple rapid fire for us that we want to hit on. And Dustin texted or tweeted us this morning and said, will Russell Wilson finish in the top five of voting for the first time ever mm. this year? I think if the Broncos can go above 500, in November, December, and January to close out the season. Let's just say they're ten and seven. Ten and seven. Is he getting MVP? Votes? Okay, if they're ten and seven and he's in the playoffs, I think he gets votes. How many? Oh man, does he get? Well, I mean, is he, it is it enough to get top five? That's going to be interesting, man. Um, let me say it like this: I am. I, this is not. This is not me being biased. I am going to say yes, just because I think the numbers he's going to be able to put up because of the running game will create such a balance that I think the Broncos will uh, be able to put Russell in a position where he'll be able to be looked at as more than just a traditional quarterback. He'll be able to say, oh, man, look at what he did with that team, even with Tim Patrick out, and I think that's going to eventually come into play. Who I think because Russell Wilson's in this offense, I know he's been in the West Coast offense, but it hasn't been – a Shanahan West Coast offense. Oh, it hasn't come from the tree. Right. Now, I, I, I've I, seen everyone in this offense succeed. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think Russell's going to have a big year. Mm. I, it might start off a little shaky, but once he gets going, he's going. How big of a year? I will say 4,500. Mm. 4,500 yards. I will say... 37 touchdowns, and I'll say 12 picks. Oh, okay. All right, that's not bad. That is not bad at all. 45 and 37. Gosh, right. what did Peyton Manning put up in 2012? Those might be pretty dang close. 45, 37, who, 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 in your eyes, real fast, who wins MVP of the entire NFL? Of the entire NFL, uh, give me Josh Allen this year. I think it's his time. Don't take my pick, man. I'm sorry, you, man. You steal my pick. I, I think the same thing. You know I, what? I, okay, well, I'll go I'll go with my second guy. I think a lot of people won't give him credit early on, but I think he'll force himself into the in, into the conversation. No, and, and You say Tom Brady, I'm walking off the show. No, I am going to say Jonathan Taylor. Wow. After that amazing year, didn't win MVP last year, you think 
I, I think squeeze I, his way in I think there's year. more motivation, number one, and I think there is a sense of urgency with the Colts right now that I think they all understand that the 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 time is now. And I think Jonathan Taylor also is uh he's fighting for the running backs that's coming behind him. I think he's coming up within a year or two where he's gonna have to get that new contract. All right. And uh I think being able to put together back to back seasons it, will make his his case a lot more legitimate. I, I, if we're going to talk running backs, I'm going to give my guy Christian McCaffrey. He comes back to mm. life. He stays healthy, and he leads the league in rushing. How about that? Oh, okay. How about that? Uh, next one in the mailbag, Alex3113 says, where will the Broncos finish in the AFC West? I have them second behind the Chiefs. What about you, KJ? Uh, I actually have them third. Behind who? I have them third behind the Chiefs and the Chargers. You think the Chargers take that leap? I do. The, I, I do. The think Chargers so. don't necessarily charger in the regular season. Uh, that is very true. But I think they have a legitimate pass rush this year between Bosa and Mack will definitely help out the secondary. They got J.C. Jackson and they got Duran James on the D, on, on in the secondary. So I think that's going to be interesting. Also, when you take a look at the fact that the offense is is they're literally like a snap of her finger away from busting out of the seam. So um, I think they got all the requisite weapons. And I think at this point, it's just going to be Brandon Staley getting out of his own way. That's going to uh, be the biggest thing this year. And I believe that he will. I think he understands that this team is ready to win right now. All right. Uh, Danny says, how many kicks will Brandon McManus miss this season? Kevin. (laughs) I'll, <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I don't hate Brandon McManus. So I want everyone to get that cleared up. Me and McManus have talked at training camp, and we've cleared the air. Okay, he doesn't. Are you sure? Y- yeah. Right. Tyler was there. Go ask Tyler. Tyler's probably gonna lie <laughs> on air about it anyway. But you know, we we talked, and he said he's totally fine with it. You know, he he loved it last year. Loved joking back and forth. So. Two years ago, when all this drama came up, he had missed nine kicks the previous season, Ooh. 2020. That's a lot. That is a that lot. That wasn't even 90% uh, uh, makes uh, success rate. Right. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, he only missed six kicks. And this is counting field goals and extra points. I'm putting them all in together. So I've challenged McManus on air. And I'll, I'll, I said it this year. I've tweeted at him and everything. No more than three this year. Mm. And I think Brandon McManus makes his first Pro Bowl, and he needs to invite me with him to Hawaii or wherever the Pro Bowl is this year. Mm. How about that, KJ? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think that he will miss less than five this year. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be five or less. Inviting you to the Pro Bowl, man. I, I, I deserve uh, to go. That's two years in a row. So are you saying that you're his greatest motivation? Yes. Oh, wow. I'm taking full credit. Oh, my gosh. You've gone full deep. He goes here. nine to six, and this year he goes six to three. I think oh, we're on to something, uh, KJ. I, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time leaning into the fact that you're the reason he'll the be reason. successful. I mean, prove me, a, prove me wrong. What do I always say, KJ? Yeah, you always, always say right. that you're uh, that you're right. In, 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 well, have I been wrong yet since you've known me? <laughs> see, 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 see. Uh, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Samantha S says, "Will the Broncos beat the Chiefs this season?" 
Yes or no, KJ? Oof. Yes. Oh they beat the Chiefs. They at least split with them. Yeah, I, I, I think they do split. You know, the Broncos have lost to the Chiefs 13 straight times. Mm. And this is the year they beat the Chiefs. Sunday night football with Carrie Underwood singing. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. <laughs> Russell Wilson and the Broncos beat the Chiefs I, here in the Mile High City. Oh, okay. Well, that's where we differ. I actually believe that the Broncos will go on the road in Kansas City and beat them. And then I believe that Kansas City will come to Denver and beat the Broncos. All right. Last one. Jason, Kevin, have you survived the hot dog? <laughs> oh man! All right, Kevin. So, well, all right. well, 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 what's going on, Kevin? <laughs> well, I I am alive, thankfully. Oh, thank God. So we, we got to pull the curtain back on this one. We, me, and you had quite a week. Was it lot two weeks ago? Yeah, about yeah, about, about two, two week and a half ago. Two yeah, weeks about, ago. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Of the drive, all of a sudden having hot dogs. Now, for everyone that know that doesn't know, behind the scenes, I get in in around four to get my show, Orlando and Cecil, ready for by 6. Right. And it takes full two hours to get going, right, to yeah. get that rundown completed, to get the audio, get all that stuff, you know. And uh, I get a call from DMAC one day, and he goes, hey, I need you to stop at the store and get hot dogs and something to drink. Oh, okay. He goes, we're going to do, if you've seen the guy on Twitter, the Yankees fan eating a hot dog and beer. Like he, he was slurping the beer through a straw, <laughs> which was the hot dog. One of the nastiest videos I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, this actually, you know, this is going to be fun on radio. He goes, no one knows it other than me and you. And then when I found out you were in on it when I got here. So I had ginger ale and we had the hot dogs and we did it. Okay. Tyler grossed out. Everyone freaked out. Oh, yeah. So that's hot dog day number one. Hot dog day number two was Jake Shapiro was at the Rockies game, and it's dollar hot dog night. So DMX like, get as many hot dogs as you can for a dollar. Okay? Bada bing, bada boom. He goes to the light rail. He goes to his bike through Coors Field, blah, blah, blah. And he brings them in. Well, KJ, my guys were on remote. Orlando and Cecil, they were at Old Chicago up in Brighton. Yeah. And they'll be at at Old Chicago every Wednesday at different locations. But they (laughs) said... They put a sign out there, out in the bullpen area that we call it here, just on a desk with like 15 to 20 hot dogs, <laughs> and they put a sign for Zach by only. Well, Zach's not going to eat a hot dog the next day. No. I, I get the joke, blah, blah, blah. But these hot dogs are a couple hours old, right? Right. KJ, how many times have you been to barbecue or have a family dinner, and there's hot dogs, you know, and they're still on the counter for two hours later? You might warm one up. Right. So I looked at you. I said, well, I'm starving. <laughs> so I, I went and I ate two hot dogs that night. The, they and, tasted and he, just fine. He did. Yeah. He enjoyed them. They were, the bread wasn't hard. Nothing was gross. Nothing. So the next day, now this is where you got to fill me in. I come in and you're like, hey, uh, they're talking about you and hot dogs. I'm like, what? So I got to know where this came up from. Because uh, apparently Kevin's the only one on the station that would need a day-old hot dog, which was never the plan. So it's funny you say that. So we were getting ready to uh, go out of a segment, and DMAC was was joking around about uh, the $1 hot dog day um, 
from the Rockies game, and he was saying, you know, Zach By, you know, he, you know, they got done covering that that portion of the story, and they were like, I wonder who at the station would uh, potentially, uh, you know, eat a hot dog. So they are trying to just trying to be funny, throwing out a few names, a couple of guys on there. Uh, but we all know that nobody on there would ever do anything like that. Yeah, God forbid so, they do something. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so then they started thinking behind the scenes, guys, and <laughs> one of the first names to come up was Kevin. And so we were all sitting there like, oh, man, this this actually might not be a bad the, idea. <laughs> see, and my thing is how – how do we come to my name as a conclusion? Oh, uh, well. Like, I'm not even connected to hot dogs or anything. And they, at this point, they didn't know I ate two, right? No, they did not. What the? So, my biggest thing with them thinking of you is, I guess they, they think about the fact that, you know, you're a chick, chicken fingers loving guy. <laughs> so, they're like, all right, well, he'll try all kinds of chicken tenders. Let's see Willie try this hot dog. That's, not, That's what I'm going to assume their premise was in their head. They didn't say it into the open mic, obviously. Oh but God. that's what I'm going to assume was their premise there. Well, anyway, D-Mac then grabs me and pulls me on air and says, would you eat one of those hot dogs? I'm like, no. Like, Why would I eat a day-old hot dog? It's been around for 24 hours, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I did have one last night, which I said one on air. I really had two. Because right? oh, God forbid man. if I said two, I would have got murdered on oh, air. Oh, man. They, I said, yeah, I had one. And, it, you know, it was a couple hours old. But then Tyler goes, well, I've seen you warm up a hot dog before, and just a single hot dog. No, Tyler, it was a Polish sausage. <laughs> that's, a, that's completely different. And he I finally totally agreed. Different. You know, like at home, we have my parent, my mom, she'll make German sausage. And it's really good. You know, maybe get some jalapeno German sausage. It's good, right? This is sounding weird, but. <laughs> hey, hey, hey I, I, I know where it's going. So, so I was I'm like, not you know what? On it. So I was like, you know what? I'll eat the, I'll go warm one up. And then that's when the digital team and Rachel, I, Rachel hasn't reached out. I don't know if she thinks I'm dead or not. She probably thinks <laughs> I'm the most disgusting person on earth now. Because <laughs> she was playing. Mom's like, Kevin, don't eat it. Don't do it, Kevin. I even sent her the Twitter video that we're supposed to do every week. She hasn't responded back. So, oh, wow. <laughs> but I am alive. I did eat the hot dog. The only I didn't think I was going to get sick from the hot dog at at first. Yeah, I was just nervous it was going to taste weird. It tastes fine. Mm. The Rockies make good hot dogs. They can't put a baseball team on the field, but they can make dang good hot dogs. Oh, that has been pretty consistent amongst everyone who has had them. So, I would agree that they can they can definitely throw down behind the scenes. They, we, they, <laughs> they can throw down behind the scenes. That is going to do it for us here on the Producer Podcast. My name is Kevin Kisser. That is KJ Granderson. It is Thursday afternoon in the Mile High City. It's a beautiful day. Real fast, prediction, Broncos, Seahawks, Monday night. I uh, got the Broncos winning 28-17. to 17. Man, we're almost identical. I had 27-17 Broncos. Oh, wow. There you go. Do we see Drew Luck? We oh. will find out. We will talk to you guys next time. It's the Producer Podcast here on DenverFan.com.